Martin. Good morning, good morning. On today's podcast, I've got special guest, Laurie Smith. Laurie is an intuitive public speaking and leadership coach. She helps visionaries on a soul-driven mission to stand in their power, speak their truth, and lead. Laurie is the CVO, Caring Visionary Officer of Voice Matters, and the author of Your Voice Matters, a guide to speaking soulfully when it counts. Her mission is to call forth more open-hearted leaders so they can do their part to change the world with authenticity, creativity, and courage. She envisions a world in which everyone shares the vibration of their soul's purpose with the world through their voices, and together we reach global harmony. Have a listen. Welcome to your Hidden Edge podcast, where there's a belief that each and every one of us has a hidden edge, one that could unlock that next level of success in any area of life. Unfortunately, that edge is hidden, tucked away and buried deep underneath layers and layers. In this podcast, we'll uncover the hidden edge of high-performance leaders, executives, athletes, coaches, and authors to open your mind and stretch your frame of reality. If you know you want more, can do more, and be more, then this is the right podcast for you. Let's uncover your hidden edge. Welcome to the show. I am extremely excited to have special guest Laurie Smith on the show. Laurie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jeff. It's great to be here. Let's get right into it. I love diving into the guest's hidden edge, please share it with the audience. And then I, I'm sure I'm going to have some follow-up questions based upon your, your edge. I would say that my hidden edge, the part of me that I did not realize was an edge or did not realize was valuable for many years is actually my sensitivity, sensitivity, intuition, ability to read other people. I sat there for many years, not speaking up in certain circumstances, thinking that if it were valuable, someone else would have already said it. And then at some point later in life, probably in my 30s, realized, oh, no one else is actually seeing what I'm seeing. That's why they haven't said it, which gave me a a bit more confidence and has led to where I am today, I suppose. Okay. So take us back to you however many years ago where you wouldn't speak up what was that kind of feeling like was there self-doubt what was what was that journey like and and when you what was the moment where you were like wait a second nobody's speaking or thinking or saying what i am thinking i need to start to stand up and deliver my unique perspective yeah um i was sensitive and thought i was shy okay and felt a lot of sensation around me and often felt emotions myself and other people's. And, you know, when I was young, there were times when I would speak up. Um, Didn't know this at at the time, but I remember arguing with an instructor in high school Okay. Once. And everyone was shocked because it was like Lori, the shy good girl is all of a sudden like going toe to toe with the teacher. Okay. And I was trying to right a wrong. Um, But that was very unlike me. I was more reserved, more held back and started to get inklings that my sensitivity was valuable in acting. Okay. Uh, And still was kind of keeping it close to the vest out in the real world. And I got led to coaching school 
I was okay. teaching theater and a student of mine at a community college actually came up to me and said, you're different. You have more of a coaching style. The other instructors have the professor style okay. where they're professing their knowledge. And she said, when you trust yourself and you ask powerful questions and you're kind of on the same level with us being curious you look like you're reading people's minds and you're drawing the best performances out of them. When you don't trust yourself, it's really not working for you. Okay. So I went to coaching school and there was a moment in certification where I was the coach. The other students were listening on a phone conference call and I was coaching the instructor. And when she was done, she said, Lori, how did you know to go to the car? And I laughed and said, you're kidding, right? And she said, no, I want you to share with everyone else. What is it that led you there? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, from where I sit, it was like there was an aural version of a neon sign around that part of what you were sharing. Okay. And she asked everyone else, did you hear it that way? And everybody else said no. And that was sort of the period on the end of the sentence or the moment where I kind of got that many people had been telling me it's valuable and not just in acting. And you sort of hear it with your head, but you, you don't trust it. Mm -hmm. And that was a moment where I went, oh, I think I get, I understand. I am seeing these things that seem like, you know, a neon sign around certain words that people say, but no one else is perceiving it that way. So mine is valuable and so is theirs because they had some ways that their intuition or their sensitivity would show up that I did not have. Okay. So a couple of things I, I took off of that, right, was thinking you were shy, right? And, and I am very similar in that background where I was a pretty shy kid growing up. And even when I was in the corporate world, I was like the last one to speak in a group of like 80, right? I, it just gripped me with anxiety and I, I just, it was difficult. Yeah. Through your experience and through what you've gone through, how would you, or what would you recommend to people kind of facing those same feelings right now? Mm-hmm. And what could they do to kind of step forward? Because I, I listen, public speaking, speaking up is a huge fear for people, right? Yeah. Yeah. We, as Seinfeld said, we fear it more than death. <laughs> right? right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I love to give people three words okay. so that they can repeat it almost like a mantra. And then I'll unpack it a little bit so it means more to their bodies. The three words are intend align, invite. Okay. Intend is setting an intention for what you do want to happen. And mostly I mean energetically or emotionally. So if you're speaking to a crowd, instead of, I hope I don't screw up, I hope I don't say the wrong thing, it gives you some place that's good for your mind to focus. Right. Um, I'd like to create a feeling of hope in the room. It's like, uh, if we go river rafting and we spend the whole time thinking, I hope I don't fall out of the raft, that's one experience. Right. And if we think I would love to have a smooth ride down the river for myself and my raft mates, 
that's very different. And it's kind of two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. Align is aligning our body, our breath, and our energy with our most expressive, highest self. I could do a lot of stuff there. And if we, you know, kind of find a balance of effort and ease in our body, we nourish our body with breath and we use our air and we're expanding our energy as if we're hugging the room in that intention that we set. That's a quick version of how to align your body, your breath and your energy. Okay. And then inviting is that you're inviting the people in the crowd to join you in that vibe or that emotion that you, you set the intention for, and you're letting them decide whether or not they're going to come on any given day. Okay. Yeah. I love, I love it. Intend, align, invite. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a powerful piece and a great way to think about it. And I think, that leads into my next question off of what you said, you know, neon signs around the people on the words that people say, I mm-hmm. think language is so, so critical. I've got two sons that are 14 and 12. And when they say certain things, I'll kind of raise an eyebrow and they know they need to rephrase things because so many times we are beating ourselves up or we're saying weak, non-empowering words that the subconscious mind is is hearing and it's no wonder why our results aren't better than they should be. So explain kind of that experience of being able to be so locked in that you can hear somebody speak and you can pick out things that they say and, and how to dive into those. Yeah. Part of that has to do with my sensitivity gift I I came across another speaker who I felt like was my doppelganger. Okay. Someone would get up on the stage and I would be watching their body and reading their energy and hearing neon signs around the word. Sometimes the neon sign is the word is great, but something about you is like you're not in alignment with the word coming out of your mouth. She would hear people and rewrite the opening of their speech And I would be sitting there thinking when the person is out of alignment, it, it feels like I'm hearing like it's just the words almost aren't even hitting me. And then when I can help them get into a better alignment with their highest self, then they end up choosing words that are even stronger, more empowered, clearer, all on their own. And then there's just a little bit of work left to do of, oh, here's one word that felt like it was a disempowering word or one spot that feels like something is off or out of alignment. Or if you took a pause here, it would land on your audience more deeply rather than most people tend to rush. And I don't mean just slow down your speaking. Because if you think about music, there are fast songs and slow songs. Okay. In music, the space is as important as the notes. In speaking, the silences and the words work together to create the meaning. So you can be a fast talker, but if you never pause, you lose us. I love that. Silence and words 
work together in, in your delivery. So, you know, I think you said in the pre-question, in the pre-interview questions, you know, I believe we're all born with our own unique innate charisma. Why so? And then how do people uncover that charisma inside, right? Mm. Why do I believe it? Mm-hmm. Or why are we? Yeah. Because for many, many, many of the people that I've met, that's part of what I feel like it is that I'm sensing is the okay. leaking of that charisma that's underneath a whole bunch of stuff that's blocking it. Okay. I'm feeling it. I'm seeing the physical stuff that is holding it back. And um, I remember doing an interview for a, a teaching job or a, speaking to a teaching professor head of the department about my speaking statement. And I said, well, I've always loved that quote. I saw the angel in the marble and I carved until I set him free. And I feel like that's the way I am when I'm at my best as a teacher. It's I'm not doing anything to that. I'm just helping them to release what's already there. And he said, then I think you should go write that in there and you should put that on your, your syllabi so that your students know that. Mm -hmm. So as for, how do we undo it? Part of it is mindset. And part of it is knowing, I guess that's mindset, knowing that there is a way of communicating that has us be alive from head to toe and resonates out differently. So we have to know it's possible and know it's possible for us not simply see Barack Obama on the stage and think, oh, Barack Obama's charismatic and the rest of us are, <laughs> oh, well. Right. Knowing that we each have our own individual charisma and then practicing in safe spaces in the moment, mm. stopping and starting. And one of my favorite analogies, I'm a huge basketball fan. I live on the West Coast. I'm a fan of Steph Curry's okay. and I like to say, you know, if, if someone had told him how to, sh- let's say his dad told him how to shoot a basketball at four years old and he went, okay, great. Got it. See you in the game. There's no way he would be the number one best three point shooter in the world. In fact, he has been the best for many years and how he got there and what he continues to do is his dad said, shoot it like this. And he shot it and he probably missed. And then his dad said, stop, adjust this, do it again. Stop, adjust this, do it again. And when it comes to speaking, we're trained to suppress our breathing and to do a whole bunch of inefficient things when we speak. So stopping and starting and doing it again in safe spaces helps us learn new habits and also tells our bodies. It might not have been safe in your past to show up with this much aliveness and openness. Mm -hmm. And now that you are an adult, you can marry that sense of primal force, primal aliveness, aliveness with your intention and you are safe and you are the one holding space from there to help others feel safe. Gotcha. I, I, I'm a huge basketball fan. I mean, I've coached for many, many years. I coached my sons growing up and uh, it, it, it hit home where you're like, hey, shoot it, th- tweak it, practice, tweak it. I mean, I do that with my 12 my year old son. And I think, you know, practice and repetitions are just so critical in anything you do in life, right? Anything, 
takes practice. It takes repetitions. And I love the point of you have that gift or that charisma, that uniqueness inside, but many times layers and layers, maybe physical, mental, whatever it is, beliefs that you heard from somebody else are on top of that gift that you have inside. And it, it takes a lot of hard work, just speaking from experience to take away those layers. And I always like to, uh, Joseph Campbell has, has a great story, right? Where the, the, the old golden Buddha was covered up because there was an invading army and they didn't know it for years after the army left. And then somebody saw a little piece break off and it was pure gold. And I feel like that's what happens for many people in their journey is all of a sudden, and I know it's happened for, for me, all of a sudden I see a little bit of that potential, that uniqueness, that charisma, and then it's a never ending quest to, okay, how do I uncover more? How do I step more fully into that, into that unique ability? Yeah. Absolutely. I love that story. And I love Joseph Campbell, but I never heard that one before. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, it's uh, there's a, there's a documentary out on uh, Netflix or actually it's on YouTube. It's called Finding Joe. So it's about Joseph Campbell and his story. And uh, there's Deepak Chopra, my coach, Brian Johnson's in it. I definitely highly recommend checking it out. I own it. So I must just not have remembered that. It's there you go. right over there on a shelf. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, obviously finding that uniqueness, practicing repetitions, you, you said that safe space to be able to, to practice and do things. How do people go creating a safe space if they want to get better at delivering a message? Is it, you know, practicing in front of family? What, what are some, some recommendations you have there? Family would probably depend on the family (laughs) because sometimes our families are unconsciously, they want to see us like we were when we were a teenager and they can't help themselves. So, however, I, myself, my mother was my best friend. By the time she passed away, I could have done anything in front of her. Um, Good friends, same kind of idea, good friends, colleagues that are up to the same kind of work in the world, mm-hmm. coaches, <laughs> any coach and or speaking coaches. Um, and and there are places that hold safer spaces than others. Um, for years, I used to walk around telling people the benefits of all the different places they could practice. Okay. And then someone challenged me to create my own. So I have something called Authentic Speaking Play Shops. Okay. And the one that always used to get my highest recommendation, because I love to give people options, is speaking circles. Those are the two where the focus is not on where you're going to get, what are you going to accomplish, Um, It's not even on what are you going to say. It's Mm -hmm. more on having you to feel present and has created a safe group around that. Okay. So, yeah, I I would agree with you kind of family, right? That's a a tricky one there. I'd also, I'd add on to, to what you said. I mean, podcasting has been a great place to find my voice. I mean, I, I started my joining journey nearly four years ago. And I will tell you when I started, I was not good when I started out, right? It was pretty <laughs> darn bad. I still had those fears of speaking and of articulating and delivering a message and kind of monotoned. And I mean, it's, it's closing in on 
I think 16, 1700 episodes that I've done. So it's an amazing, that's an amazing platform as well. If you want to own your, you know, really hone in your, your speaking skills and a non-threatening place where you have a microphone, it's, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. You made me think of another one. And then one other thought. Awesome. Uh, the other place is improv. Improv groups that are for fun, because sometimes people's biggest fear is that they're going to get up there and they're not going to know what to say. Right. And in improv, nobody knows what's to say, what to say. So you like there's no script. So you have the capacity to go through that fear mm -hmm. in improv. And the other thing that you make me made me think of is to follow your own intuition. So yeah. your intuition led you to to start a podcast, even though part of you was probably like, I'm going to put a microphone in front of my face and right. have deadlines. What? Yeah. Because if you're following an intuition, there's probably an intention that you already know intuitively. So you're not doing it because somebody said, get up and do this. You're doing it because a part of you knows you have something to offer or to give in that space. And then when you ask yourself, what's my intention with this podcast or what's my intention today with the recording? It's a lot easier to get there because it was kind of in your decision to follow that intuition in the first place. No, I, I agree. And I, I think, you know, that, that was a great, just leaning into trusting your gut and your intuition. And I, I think so many times we don't do that. I'm getting better at that practice. And it's amazing when I'm on conversations or a coaching call with someone and it's so aligned, I, I literally get goosebumps. All the hair stands up on my arms when we're talking. Like to me, that's a feeling and that's an indication. I'm right in line with what I should be doing, what is kind of that gift inside. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, there's, there's a, a tricky thing that happens, the hairs stand up on end and it feels scary sometimes. So all of our inner critics, I call them the soul suckers, they start to get really loud and tell us all the reasons that we shouldn't do it mm -hmm. or we should have to do it or we should test the waters. So the tricky thing about them is if they're there and that feeling of, I'll call it a lot of sensation is there, okay. that's a huge sign. The hair standing up on end is a sign that there's something to it. Our inner critics and soul suckers want to label that fear and say it's dangerous and don't do it. Right. When um, so many people, when it comes to speaking, are focused on, I want to feel calm. Well, I'm sorry. If you want to be a great speaker, you're, you may feel comfortable with the discomfort of speaking or like the eye of the storm in the middle of a lot of sensation. But if you're good at it and you want to have an impact in the world, you're not going to feel like you do when you're sitting on your couch. Yeah. If you feel like you do when you're sitting on your couch, it's not going like you may think it is. I worst performance I ever gave in my life is out there somewhere recorded when <laughs> we thought we were just going to do a brush up rehearsal and so my body was there to just kind of say the lines and move around the stage to market. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, we're recording tonight and we have 10 people in the audience who couldn't come any other night. And it was my body just wouldn't rise to the occasion. It was okay. flat. I was calm, but it was not any good. Mm.
So that feeling, like you said, of it's almost like a roller coaster. I've got hair standing up on end. There's a lot of sensation going on is really a clue that our intuition is taking us to something that's really important to us. I love that. Love. Great, great place to, uh, to wrap on, wrap up on Laurie, where can, uh, where can people look you up? Where can they find you? Best place to find me is my website, www.voice-matters.com. And then from there you can find links to all the other things. Awesome. Laurie, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Create a legendary day. Rise, fight, love, repeat. Get after it. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to your Hidden Edge podcast. You are now part of the movement, part of a tribe who's on a mission to uncover their hidden edge. We are stronger together. So please share this. Show up with one person in your network that you want to help. Together, we can empower others. And connected, we can make a dent in the universe.